Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. In today's podcast, you're going to learn four things versus why efficiency beats productivity and a great explanation for that. The second is automating your sales funnel that works, right? And there's some brilliant examples that Evie gives. The next is why ClickUp is kicking butt at the moment. And then the last one is how do you get leads, consistent leads from the YouTube or from your YouTube channel? And Evie has got a brilliant channel. So if you're a first-time listener, and you love what you hear or see, please subscribe. If you're a regular, love a review. They really help other people find us. Uh, please take notes uh, no matter where you are. And there will be, though, a summary in where you're listening. There'll be a more detailed summary in our um, website, which is paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And also you can get the full transcript if that's what you want uh, from there as well. And before we go into the interview with Evie, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is the Cloud Consultants Collective. So it's a free Slack community where we have uh, multiple platforms. So you think of SaaS platforms like ClickUp, who you're going to hear more about today, Salesforce, Zoho, Microsoft, you name them. We all get together and we help each other to scale our business. So if you are that person and you're looking for some free support, uh, certainly uh, come on in or if you know someone, recommend them. And you can find out more at cloudconsultantscollective.com and also SendSpark. SendSpark, and we talk about it in this interview, it's a great way of sending videos and it's, you know, videos and sales in particular, you can personalize at scale. It's fantastic. And the great thing is you can get six months free by going to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash send spark. And that's S-E-N-D spark. So our guest today is a business efficiency guru who loves to help digital entrepreneurs and also agencies to automate their, their their businesses. And the great thing is that she's got over 12 years worth of experience in doing this, but she also is runs a fantastic YouTube channel and she's just a great personality who shares so much in this interview. She's also the number one evangelist for ClickUp. So without ado, I will hand you over to Evie Hyman from Ask evie.com. So great to have you here, Evie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on with you. Yeah, look, we've had some amazing discussions. I know you're part of our community Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you're always contributing, but uh, today we want to learn more about business efficiency. And why don't we kick off with uh, who you love to work with? Who do I love to work with? One of the big things I always joke about when, when I bring team on or work with people don't try to make me sound too professional. So a lot of my things, when, when it comes to the blog post, for example, I don't write myself. So when I bring on a content writer, I'm like, try not to 
make it too professional or my clients are going to have a heart attack when they start working with me. <laughs> so clients that are okay with me not being G-weighted when I'm on a call, that's definitely a big point. And simply digital entrepreneurs that are ready to take action, that are done being on the effect side and just finding excuses and are ready to just look at the data and make changes. Great. And and how do you find out if they're really ready? Because I know everyone says they're ready to scale or grow, et cetera, but not everyone is. Like, you know, what's your tricks in making sure that they're uh, calling a spade a spade? That's where definitely my NLP training comes in. So um, I do do an intake form before I even jump on a discovery call. So there is certain data points and questions that I ask. Based on that, I decide if I jump on a discovery call with them or potentially hand them off because I might not be the right choice. And then in the discovery uh, call themselves, uh, I really check on language patterns. I check on how are my clients driven? What are they coming from? What motivates them to make that educated decision of should I really work with them? Because a lot that I do involves the client taking action. And if the client yeah. doesn't take action, then I cannot deliver. Yeah. And, and you know, what are some of the uh, questions that you may have that some of us miss in that intake form? Like what's what's a great question that we could add? So the intake form in itself is a fairly basic data point form. So how big is your team? How many clients are you doing? How much are you willing to invest? Are you the decision maker or is somebody else? Are you ready to make this decision now? What are you hoping to accomplish? What do you need help with? And one of my favorite questions is the if I could wave a magic wand, what yes. would that look like for you? It's that open question of, okay, rather than you telling me what solution you think you need, because a lot of my clients are not technology challenged. They probably already have an idea of what they need or want. And chances are that might not be what you actually need. So that magic wand questions opens up that that conversation of, okay, this is what I actually want to accomplish where I can then dive in and be like, yeah, but that's not what you need. I actually had a call yesterday like that, where it's like, hey, I would love to bring my expenses into ClickUp. That was literally his question. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. I do that for me to not forget about certain payments. And we talked about a couple of things and then I had to step back and I'm like, okay, so what is actually your big goal with this? What are you trying to accomplish? And he's like, I have weekly calls with my team. We need to know where the numbers are. I'm like, so why are we reinventing the wheel? Just yeah. embed it. Yeah. And that was one of my pick my brain calls. Yeah. So I didn't have that questionnaire before. They literally just jump on a call with me and get to ask questions. But even then I ask these questions of, what would that look like? What are you actually trying to accomplish? Because often when you work with nerds like I do, they think they already know the answer. Yeah. Or if you're like me, who's very creative, the answer changes every day, right? So it depends which time of day you, uh, <laughs> yeah. you catch me. And, you know, these digital entrepreneurs, agencies, et cetera, what are some of the problems that they have that you help solve? 
what are some of the problems that what what are the problems they don't have? I yeah. think a lot with us digital entrepreneurs, self-employed, we are all creative, even if we don't see ourselves as creative. And we have all of these ideas, we have all of the things going on, everything we want to do. And it's like we need to focus. We need to focus on not confusing your audience. We need to focus on your processes. Everything I do is with the goal of being able to scale. And to be able to scale, we need to be able to build a system around it and duplicate that system. So interestingly enough, along this route, um, I did a YouTube video that was taking a different approach to niching down. I don't believe on niching down based on bookkeepers or YouTubers or whatever niche they are talking about, I believe in niching down to scaling up means you are niching down on your system. If I can run the same system for a YouTuber and a bookkeeper, it doesn't matter what they do as long as I can duplicate my internal system. Yes. And if you can duplicate your internal system, you can duplicate outsourcing, you can duplicate hiring, and it's literally just a rinse and repeat. And that's what scaling is about. Yeah, great. And and I know you talk a lot about productivity versus efficiency, right? And you're Mm -hmm. a business efficiency uh, expert. Tell us, you know, what's the difference and why have you gone with business efficiency? So I have, a. it's interestingly, me personally, I have a gut reaction to the word productivity that is a completely, you know, imagine Roadrunner just exploding in the middle of the movie kind of thing. That's that's my <laughs> internal reaction to the word productivity. And I finally going down the road of becoming an NLP master practitioner started to understand why I have this reaction. And the reaction is coming from the perception that I have to the word productivity. The perception to me is being productive means checking things off, but checking things off doesn't mean you are actually moving forward in your business. You are just having a checklist that's 150,000 steps long, but what is the impact on your business on that? Whereas efficiency is doing something with a goal behind it. And even just thinking about, as I mentioned, the whole perception of the word, when you go out there and you talk with people how the word um, productive is perceived just by the language in itself, that's exactly what it is. Just get stuff done. But just getting stuff done doesn't necessarily move the needle. Yeah. And and. And uh, as far as uh, efficiency with, um, you know, like, once again, your target mm-hmm. market, the entrepreneurs, et cetera, you know, how does that play out? How, how do you get them to, to I suppose, if, if they're used to just, I'm busy, you know, like we've all worked in with people that, you know, I'm always busy, I'm busy, I'm too busy to do everything, but they're not doing the right things, right? So, so how do you get people to make that shift to know, actually, let's do the right things rather than just being busy? There is often a multitude that's happening. Um, A lot of people are busy because they feel valued when they are busy. 
meaning you are getting something done that makes me feel good. I'm feeling valued because I'm doing something. Doesn't mean it contributes to the bottom line. So there is in general, just the, the coaching piece involved of getting them out of this thinking of I'm only valued if I'm checking boxes off. So there's the personal thing. The other thing is because I am working a lot with digital entrepreneurs that are luckily already data-driven for those people that are really, really data-driven to trigger their convincer strategy to believe me what I'm telling them. I go through their often number and data-driven convincer strategy by literally showing them the numbers. Okay, let's, let's start simple. You don't even have to go into the whole project management and time tracking. Just, just take a pen and paper and start writing down what you do all day. And then I'm going to start crossing out because you did this for what? How did this impact your business? Oh, it didn't. Yeah. Hmm. And we literally just start pulling in um, that data. There is also a tool that can help with that. Now I need to say a lie. I think it was timely. I'm working with too many trackers. Um, I'm pretty sure it is timely that has a Chrome extension that automatically tracks what you do where. So that often helps for my clients to just track things rather than write, having to write them down. I yeah. even had the cube at some point. Who's going to turn the cube? Yeah. Yeah. So with that, just having a Chrome extensions, and there, there's a couple out there that really just records in a schedule what you were doing where you easily can start telling, at least on a big picture, where you spend your time and then easily be able to point out. Um, so, yeah. How did that impact your business? Hmm. Want to rethink that? Let's do that. Yeah. And then look, and, you know, there's two ways to look at it. I certainly love the Franklin Covey one, whereas you just, you know, you do the biggest things that are most important first and then all the rest, you know, just if it happens or it doesn't happen, you know, that's the way you, you delegate. So that's certainly one way. But uh, I know that, um, you know, I, I track my, my time in blocks mm -hmm. and then every week I go to my team and say, okay, this is where I've spent my time. You know, they – it's basically them holding me accountable, right? Because I know that, you know, if you're by yourself, a lot of the time you're working, you've got all the freedom in the world, which is fantastic. But the flip side of that is you can do anything. You have all the freedom in the world. Yes, spot <laughs> yeah. on. So now I make sure that I'm spending at least 50% of my time on sales and marketing. And, you know, I, I present to my team every week. I use Toggle. This is yep. this is where I'm I'm doing it, and and I think that's great. But I think someone independently coming in because I, I use the shadows, i.e., the best boss I've ever worked for. I always think, well, what would Pete want me to do in this situation, right? So I, I I've been created like that instead of the devil on the shoulder. I've created mm -hmm. Pete, and he's saying, okay, well, would Pete really want you to do this right now? So that's the way that I I sort of game it. But uh, I think you coming in independently. Uh, is a is a great way to do it, and you know, let's face it, we all we all do things we like rather than what we need to do, right? And you know, eating that frog is, you know, it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. And um, you let's uh, sort of change a little bit into to sales. I know that um, you're not big on automation for automation's sake and how it could potentially harm sales, right? So tell us a little bit about why you take that stance. 
the if you know me and you know me pretty well, you know I love automations. You know I love handing off whatever I can hand off. There is so many solopreneurs that do too many things that we can automate. Now, with the sales process, too much has been automated in the past. Do I have fun with it? Do I automate it? Oh, yeah, we throw gifts in there. I have smileys all over the place. Did I mention don't try to make me fully professional? Yeah, that will not work. Yes. But making, making this connection between using technology to your advantage. For example, I am not just a consultant. I also have ClickUp templates. Active Campaign easily allows me to follow up with um, open cuts where people have jumped in and they've been looking and I know they are there because I have website tracking and I might have done the uh, the job of, okay, I really like this. They threw it in the card, but maybe they plucked in the wrong credit card or my Apple Pay was off or whatever it is. And now I have this open card with their information. What now? Active Campaign has a perfect automation for that with a deep data integration that follows up with them. We see it for everybody else. This is not just something for Fortune 500 companies. Every solopreneur can easily build an automation like that where it pops back up in, in your email and says, Paul, you forgot something. You still <laughs> want that. Yes. And just have fun with the email copy in it. You automatically pull in the product they already had. You can retarget them with some fun videos or Instagram stories and really just make use of the technology you have and the automation that's available to everybody and put your personal touch to it. The warming up your audience, the getting them into your door. I'm all for personalized automation on that. Yes. Once they are there and once they are a warm lead, they are on my call. They are one-on-one -on -one video call with me. And if the call is 20 minutes and we need 30 minutes, we are taking 30 minutes because I accounted for that. Will I cut you off if we really need to go and we are just chatting and having coffee? Maybe. But at that point where I know you are, the client is warmed up. They have gone through their convincer strategy of, yeah, you know what? Evie actually knows what she is talking about. I got a couple of her templates. I watched her YouTube videos. I'm ready to actually one-on-one -on -one work with her. And I know your budget and the budget fits my office. Heck yeah, I will jump with you on a call face-to-face -face me. You are not going to be talking to a sales representative because at that point, it is full on personal. There is no automation left. So again, it comes down to that combination of personality, you, and the technology that's available to you. Yeah, and and I think um, I think that's great. And you know, we use some video tools like SendSpark mm -hmm. and some others to bring in that. You now, a combination of both, right? It's yep. me, but it's not me remembering have to do it or my team having to do it. But uh, just on subscribe versus unsubscribe emails, you know, I know there's a camp that says, well, in the sales process, you should never have an unsubscribe. You should always do it from your your email domain, like Gmail as an example, or, you know, you can use Active Campaign. What's your, I'm sort of guessing what you're going to say here, but, you know, what's your opinion on uh, using unsubscribe emails in the sales process? So um, 
I, in my sales process, because it's a, I don't work with a lot of one-on-one clients. So we are not looking at a sales funnel that has an active amount of four or 500 clients in there. We are talking the two digit numbers with that. I do actually, actually I use Gmail through ClickUp. So they're coming from my regular Gmail account, but I have templates ready to go with and click up and there is some automation happening for me. So for example, to explain that sales process, how that's happening and actually partially automated is somebody finds me on a vetted consultant page. So ClickUp has their partner page. Cool. They found me there. I get an email from ClickUp says, hey, Paul just contacted you through the vetted consultant program. Here's what he says his problem is. Please reach out to him. That actually triggers a, it's not Integromat anymore, it's make, a make automation that uses my Gmail account to email them back to say, hey, to be able to give you the best uh, possible answer and solution for what you need, I would like you to answer a couple more questions, sending them over to a ClickUp form, asking those questions we talked about earlier. They fill those out as soon as they submitted that an automation is triggered within ClickUp that sends out an email that says, hey, we got your request with a rundown of the answers they gave me. Please give Evie 24 to 48 um, hours to look through and give you a specific recommendation for your needs with a little um, note on the bottom that this information used in this email came from their submission and that Ask Evie's Clicker bot is sending this. When I have all of that information is when I jump in and I follow up with a specific service recommendation. Sometimes it's just a fast, quick answer. Cool. Jump on a pick my brain call. We don't even need to talk discovery call and all the process, you are just looking for an answer. Here you go. Or if it's a bigger project, hey, let's jump on a discovery call. Let's talk. I really want to understand what your needs are so that I can recommend one of my bigger packages. Yeah, great. And and I know that you've, um, you know, uh, doing my research, you talked about you know, sales ping pong. So I'm assuming is that reducing some of this sales ping pong or what, what do you mean by sales ping pong? It it reduces that forth and back. I'm like, how how often do you have, oh, maybe this or maybe that? I give them a specific sales route, sales funnel, traffic conversion, whatever you really want to call it. It comes all down to the to the same solution of it's one clear path for everybody. They don't have to figure out which of my projects or offers is right for them. They are not going to have to figure out what is it going to cost them. They are getting the full-on information. There is not a constant for and back. You're not going to spend three months with me trying to figure out how we can get this project done. I don't have time for that. The client doesn't have time for that. So it's straight up. And by the time I have their information, I will direct them specifically because, again, there is multiple offers at multiple price levels. Often enough, they came in with a specific issue and I'm like, hey, I got a YouTube video on that. Go head over there rather than go pay me this amount of money to jump on a call for half an hour. 
I know they're going to be back because they're happy they fast got the answer. And the time they really have an issue, they'll be back and happy to pay the price that I put on it. Yeah, great. And look, you just mentioned the elephant in the room, which is your YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. I know that you've got over 5,000 subscribers. I think mm-hmm. you've got some of the best thumbnails in the business. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was researching yeah. it again before this podcast, lying in bed going, these are fantastic. And they just wanted me to to watch them, you know, give give us some insights because I, I know for, a, you know, a lot of you watching now, right, you, you, you know, leads are hard to get, right? And, you know, your vendor promises them, doesn't always deliver, doesn't always send you your right ones. And, you know, being an authority is something that you aspire to do. Evie, you are, right? You're the evangelist for ClickUp. Everybody knows Evie equals ClickUp. So tell us, you know, some secrets or some, some if we're starting out, what would we do to start the journey of being an authority like you are on YouTube? Go with your passion. I'm like, when I started out um, with ClickUp specifically, it was a live show. I I had been using Asana at that point three years ago. Yeah, I think it's been three years now. I've been working with and doing videos about ClickUp since they were a baby. And I was just, I was mad at Asana for you have to buy five licenses. I'm like, I'm a solopreneur. Why do I have to buy five licenses just to get the feature I need? And in that rage of, nope, I'm not going to work with Asana. I went on the hunt. I knew Trello wasn't going to work for me. And I found ClickUp and the rest is pretty much history. But I have that passion for that tool. So talking about it, being excited about it, get other people excited about it is really easy to me. I can spend hours and hours and hours of rearranging, which by the way, I'm doing with my own workspace right now again too, and not get tired of it, not be mad about it. Um, With YouTube specifically, it is a long game. It is not a TikTok video that's just going to go viral overnight. YouTube is your long tail, but it will pay off. 90% of my clientele is coming from YouTube. They never question my price tag. They never question the solution I have for them because they've been watching me for I don't even know how long. Because most of them are like, I literally ask my clients as I'm like, Cool. You just said you you've watched me for a year. Why have I never seen in your seen your name in my comment section? They're like, because you answer all my questions. I'm like, <laughs> hey, okay, still comment, place. Yeah. But it's this, it's this. YouTube again is for the long game. So if you are doing YouTube just for the money it is going to come back to haunt you. You need to be passionate about what you were talking about and you need to be able to talk about it for the next five years and over and over and over again. And when it comes to the optimization, I'm lucky enough to have found an amazing team that knows how to do some great video editing for me as well as the YouTube thumbnails. We collect in our ideas with that. So I'm having finally fun with it. Apparently, I'm the queen of weird faces, so we are bringing them in. Why not just play with it? And I am 
I'm personally struggling often with doing um, the short form title on the thumbnail. So when I start recording my videos in the beginning is when I do all of my funny faces and pointing and all of the stuff, just the different variations, and then throw out a couple of ideas. And my YouTube editor, she actually comes back with something. I don't even know what I had played around for the last one for the blog writing video, but yeah. she came back with never write a blog post again or something to the extent that ended up on the thumbnail. I'm like, that's it. So surround yourself once you are grown. In the beginning, I edited myself. I did my own um, YouTube thumbnails and everything. Once you get to a certain size, and you don't enjoy video editing like I do. It's like I can do it, but if I don't have to, I'm happy about it. Go hire it out and go play around with the team members you have. Bounce off ideas. That's how creativity is happening. Yeah. But do edit your videos first. It's really going to make it easier in the long haul because you see your own mistakes. You learn that if you get stuck, okay, just take a breath for a second, start at the beginning of the sentence again. A lot of people that outsource their video right away don't understand that and make it difficult for their editor in the long haul because their editor is going to sit there for half an hour trying to find the right cut for the video. Yes. If you have edited your own video, you know exactly, okay, take it a second and don't do the <gasps> and start talking. Just take a second. Start talking, start over again when you when you screw it up. So yeah, definitely your your first 50 videos, go edit them yourself and then just go yeah, have I fun think, with it. I think that's great advice. And you know, for me, like I stupidly always thought that I had to do one takes, right? I just had to, you know, go from start to finish. It's got to be perfect and you know, do it over and over and over again. And you know, you're probably sitting or watching this thinking, God, yeah, I do that too. So, you know, I think that editing thing is uh is really critical and you know i think the best thing is just go and see evie's uh, youtube channel right because it is one of the best in the business so just go to ask evie and uh, we'll put all the links in the show notes as well so so we'll see that and, and, go, and just go have some go have some fun there is two blooper reels on my youtube channel that shows you the stuff that usually gets cut out so my editor once a year gets some gets to have some fun and edit a blooper reel with all of the outtakes. <laughs> Brilliant, that's great. And and look, to be honest, you know, I'm a I'm a, a product of that. Like I, you know, I search for ClickUp. I was always thinking of changing. I'd, I'd used it with some engagements where I was a client of someone and they were using ClickUp, and I was you know dead dead set Asana had been for like five plus years, and I basically just you know did some YouTubing. You were everywhere. And that's how we formed a great relationship. And, you know, I've got to thank you because the transition from Asana to ClickUp was so, so great. But if I, you know, if, if anyone, if you're thinking about, you know, my project management isn't right or I'm, I'm looking for a new one, just a couple of benefits for me of my experience with ClickUp so far is that it combines three things into one. So you've obviously got the project manager, but mm -hmm. then we used to use Airtable. So what you can do now is put all those tables within uh, ClickUp itself, so you don't need Airtable. And then the third one is Google Docs, right? I used to have a Google yeah. Doc for everything, whereas ClickUp, you can have all the documents in ClickUp itself. So to me, that was the three big reasons why I've stayed with ClickUp after the change from Asana. But what about what? What are we missing, Evie? Like, you know, what? 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 
you know, I've said my version. What's your version of maybe why you think ClickUp is, you know, the best PM on the on the market? One one of the big things for me with when it comes to the brands that I work with is company culture. Yeah. Um, let's be honest. ClickUp had their struggles after their their four hundred million funding and everything just exploded. The infrastructure couldn't keep up. There was a, there were a few months where we were all quite struggling, and that's what happens when a tiny startup suddenly becomes huge. They owned up to it. They owned up to it. They are like, yes, I know we did this. We are sorry. We are working overtime to get this fixed. They are always friendly. They are always supportive. They're always out there and getting client feedback. Does it mean everything gets implemented? No. Again, you need to figure out what is most productive and efficient for your company, but they listen. I have heard stories about other project management tools where major influencers that have brought them thousands and thousands of dollars by multiple clients are being treated poorly or customer support just not being fine. Don't get me wrong. There is Customer support is never going to be a thousand percent perfect. It is always personalities that come with each other. They're not everybody is always going to be happy because not everybody is always going to get their solution. But looking at the overall picture, simply that whole company culture, where they are taking this, I will put up with a couple of months of drama because we need to completely overhaul the infrastructure rather than being stuck with a tool that not, none is ever perfect, let's be honest, but that's yeah. close to it. But I need to wait forever to be, get customer support or get something fixed or just get my question answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, 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 great answer. And I think that's really important when you pick a platform. So if you're a you know a, a partner watching mm-hmm. here and you're thinking, you know, oh, I'm making decisions around uh, partners, I think that's so important. Like for us, we used to support Podio and it had a great yep. culture. It was a startup. And then all of a sudden Citrix bought it and the culture just changed. And we flipped mm-hmm. off that platform because we love the product, but we knew there's more than just the product, right? It's the ecosystem yeah. that you buy into. So I think that's really important. And um, I, f- I feel like I'm sort of favoring one of my my children at the moment because I am talking about <laughs> ClickUp, but I know there's a lot of Sana, uh, mm-hmm. Asana consultants in uh, in the Cloud Consultants Collective, which you're you're part yeah. of, and there's a lot of other platforms. And, and if you were if you were working with bigger businesses that at least have those five seats. Asana has their place in the business. Yeah. They they do have their place definitely. For most of my clients, it's simply not the right solution. But I'm never somebody who is like, you have to use ClickUp. I've had a couple of clients in the past where I'm like, you know, I might not be a big Trello fan, but for what you are trying to accomplish, stay in there, use it. And I work with a lot of brands that are working in Asana and they are just fine. So again, yes, we are favoring ClickUp today, but doesn't mean it's the end all be all. It always comes down to what you actually need and what you are trying to accomplish. Spot on. And I think, you know, we all make the mistake of getting so in love with our platform that we forget 
what's the actually result they after, right? Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, you're talking about business efficiency. I think in that means that, yes, it might be the best tool at the moment, but like you said, it may not be, but it's the end goal that you mm-hmm. want to achieve. And uh, and just before we go into the deep dive, you know, you've been a, a really strong supporter in our community. It's only fairly new, but uh, where we've got multiple platforms all helping yeah. each other in a, a free Slack group. What um, what have you seen as some of the benefits of, of being in a community like that versus before when you uh, weren't? Oh, I love our cloud consultant collective community um, simply because I can step out of my circles where it's like everybody around me is talking ClickUp. Everybody around me is talking Ecamm and StreamYard, right? It's it's my circle. We we talk the same tools. Being in the Cloud Consultant Collective to me means I also get to step out. I get to talk Microsoft Teams, which I never, ever, ever, ever get exposed to. Um, you helped me dig into when I was looking to to refresh my CRM. What am I going with? What makes sense? when I dive back into the research phase of what features are there. So you with Copper, active campaign with their CRM, where it's like, okay, where are features now? What's happening right now with those tools? Because everybody of us in there works with SaaS companies. Everybody has a different approach. And I can just pop in there and be like, so what are you using and why? Because I'm a tool nerd. I'm like, I'm down to features. Don't give me the value proposition. I'm fine. Just what what features? Why are you using it? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, let's go into the deep dive. Are you ready for that? Sure, bring it on. All right. Well, let's go. So uh, the first one is, what are some daily habits that you do to help you accelerate your sales? Interestingly enough, that's actually a weekly habit of mine. Monday is a big follow-up day. So I'm batching all follow-up, all lead management that might have gotten lost in where somewhere toward the week. Monday is the big follow-up as well as the just the project management. Friday is a big cleanup day of, okay, projecting my next week. Who am I going to talk to? What do I need to do? Who haven't I talked to in a while? And then Monday is the follow-up day and Tuesday through Thursday is the getting stuff done time. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, I know you've got, like you said, you collect technology, so do I, right? You've, you've got so <laughs> many things, but other than ClickUp, other than Active Campaign that we've talked about today, you know, what other tools are you loving at the moment to help accelerate sales? One of the big ones is TubeBuddy for me, again, because my sales are often generated in YouTube. So I need to hit the SEO for my target market, right? Um, the other one is Agoa Pulse on two side of things. One of the social media marketing side of things where I don't have to worry about my content going out. On the other side of things is the conversation aspect on social media because I have a single inbox in there. I can track where I have conversations. Twitter conversations confuse me. I cannot have Twitter conversations on Twitter itself. Ego upholds is my lifesaver for that because I completely lose track what we talked about in which chat and where. So Ego upholds is another big one for me that just helps me stay on top of those conversations. And how do you spell that? Ego upholds, A-G-O-R-A and then pulse, just like your pulse. Yeah. Brilliant. And um, what are the, you've talked about 
YouTube has been the best source of leads yeah. for you. Is there any other source that you also get leads from? Um, I am testing right now, having a little bit more fun, more on the on the personal side of things rather than just business. And that's Instagram, where yeah. I'm playing around with reels that seems to be not necessarily sales yet, but the exposure side of things. Okay, great. And the big one, it's the last one, and that's why I leave it to the end. What's mm -hmm. one thing we can do to 10x our sales? Focus. Focus. The biggest thing that I see in my clients when it comes to sales and sales acceleration is they are not focused. As we mentioned earlier, their clients are confused. They are doing this and that and this offer and here and there and whatever. I get it. When we are starting out, we want to try all the things, but don't necessarily put them all out there. Focus on one at a time. I literally, and like I'm looking off our recording here right now because I literally have four quarter calendars over there where I have laid out which product are we promoting, what promotion is happening when, what events are happening when, because you don't want to confuse your customer, but also focus on your back end. So one of the things that I mentioned as a freebie is coming up for your audience is my SOAR framework. So meaning we literally have a quarterly schedule, but in some instances, even a monthly schedule where we systemize, optimize, automate, and rinse and repeat. Meaning going back and looking at data, what can we systemize? What of that needs to be organized more? What can we automate that's coming in when we were talking about the sales process? There are steps that can be automated that don't have to be a high touch point. And then closing that loop again of rinse and repeat. This is not a build it once and it's fine. You need to go back and you need to go back into the data. What's working? What's not working? It's yes. like, don't stop doing YouTube just for the subscribers. You are looking at the wrong data point. You need to look at how long they stick around for that video. And your business is the same way. Where are the data points and go for the smart data points that actually matter? Yeah, brand, brand. And look, you're such a give up through what you do with YouTube. You know, you're constantly, you know, that's what you're giving out free. You know, yeah. you like you said, you get clients off it, but you give a lot of content there. And like you said, you've given this great resource, which is at ask Evie, so yvi.com. So ask mm -hmm. forward slash saw S O A R. So you can go and get that there. And also just want to thank you for being a great member of the Cloud Consultants collective you are constantly in there answering people's questions you're actually giving a question i love the one the other day as to why do i get all this crap from linkedin you know oh why God. am i getting all the spam which we're all getting at the moment <laughs> and that created a great yeah. discussion but uh, evie thanks for being uh, a wonderful guest a wonderful person and uh yeah uh it's been great having you on thanks so much for having me and thanks so much for the community it's an amazing asset how good was that interview with Evie? I absolutely loved it. She's just a, a ball of energy and also has got a wealth of knowledge. And I loved where she spoke specifically about where to automate. We're going to go and make some of those changes right away. And also, I like the intake form. We do it, but there's some questions in there that I hadn't heard of. And I love that. And I used to use it, but I've forgotten about it, that the wand, the magic wand. What happens if I wave the magic wand? So why don't you share what you've learned on LinkedIn? 
Uh, so just uh, go to Ask Evie. You'll see her profile. We'll have the link below, but just share what you've learned. She will love you for that. And also you can find out more at Ask Evie, so yvi.com. Once again, the links are going to be there. And check out a YouTube channel. It is absolutely fantastic. Just type Ask Evie into YouTube. And all the links in the summary, everything that I've spoken about will be in the show notes. There's a little summary, as I said, on what you're um, listening or watching on now, then you can go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast to find out more. This is episode, I think it's 401. Yep. So you can uh, search for that as well. And, you know, why don't you share it with some of your friends or peers, right? Don't be one of those friends that keep it, keeps it to themselves. Share it with them. They'll think you're a rock star and they'll love it. And also if you, um, want to join our community that Evie spoke about. Uh, she's a great member there and we've got lots of others. Just go to cloudconsultantscollective.com. And next week's guest, I'm very excited to have Vince Menzone or Menzoni, depends uh, where you uh, come from. And uh, he really uh, is a guru in cloud partnerships and uh, he's got enormous experience in Microsoft as well. So he's got a great podcast and uh, I know that he's going to really turn it on. So the last thing, as always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet. 